0: Thanks for tuning in to the Banner Church podcast, recorded live in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, visit banner.church today. Enjoy the message.
1: Yeah, excited. Man, I'm really excited for our back to school outreach. I'm excited for my kids to go back to school. Really excited. I, I never understood that, that Christmas song until now, where the parents were very excited for school to start again. Love my kids, but man, really excited for that. It makes me really appreciate teachers when I have to spend time with my children. Uh, <laughs> No, but I love my kids. Uh, really excited. And I, I really, I do want to say thank you. Like Barry said, everyone who gives the kingdom builders, who gives above and beyond generously. Uh, I just want to say thank you. I know there's many of you who not only faithfully give in tithe and offering, you know, you're the reason financially that we can be here in this space that we can, you know, we can pay staff, we can do all those things. Uh, but there's those of you who give above and beyond in generosity so that we can go out and we can do incredible things like this. So I want to say thank you. I know that's a sacrifice. Uh, But I just, man, we have testimony after testimony of the cool stuff God has done. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning we're going to continue our series on new territory. And uh, we're going to really specifically look at Joshua chapter 4. So if you brought your Bible, go ahead and just open it to Joshua chapter 4. This week, man, I I don't don't know what your week was like. I had a crazy week this, this week. It was just ridiculous. And... It kind of hilariously began by, uh, we had we had moved staff meeting, and I had set apart this day. I'm working on a book, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to drive uh, in. I live, you know, kind of close to, to downtown, so I'm going to drive in. I'm just going to find a coffee shop. I'm going to work, and I said, hey, you know, I'm going to go by the new building, and when I went by the new building, a bunch of stuff had happened, and I ended up literally being stuck there all day and just walking through all kinds of, of craziness uh, and and basically just blew apart my day. Have you ever had those days where you're like today is going to be a good day and the very first thing just derails the whole day, right? And so that that was me Monday and I was sitting uh, towards the end of the day, very impatiently waiting, so I could go home because it was my son's birthday, and we had planned a birthday dinner for him. And basically, I'm just sitting there waiting uh, to to go. I'm like, okay, I have to go. I have to. I have to get there. I'm not going to miss this. And you know, I was feeling frustrated that it was taking time, and I was feeling a little discouraged and uh, a lot discouraged. And uh, in case you're wondering, everything's resolved. We're good. But. But I was sitting in the truck actually with my dad. My dad was there, and we were sitting in the truck, and I think he could tell that I was discouraged. And we're we're watching these kids in this souped-up golf cart. It was like a golf cart, but it had shocks on it. (laughs) It wasn't like a Raptor. It was a golf cart that had shocks. So I don't know where you get that. Uh, but it was the golf cart and they were just ripping around. And so that led to my dad and I just talking about stories of being a kid and all the different foolish things that he and I did. And I got hurt doing, and uh, we were just, I was just cracking up. You know, when you start reliving those old stories and, and, and I don't know, like when you're laughing so hard, you're like almost crying and we are remembering, and you know, some of them, you know, we got hurt. Some of them we didn't mom. Um, but, you know, we're just remembering all these stories. And it was interesting because it was still 100 degrees and I'm still sitting in the truck and I'm so frustrated. But it really kind of started changing my perspective on the day as we're just cracking up remembering all these stories. And then, since we were sitting by the church building, we started talking about the stories of when we planted the church. And there has been some crazy things that have happened, some hilarious things that have happened since we planted the church. Like, I'll give you one. One time, when well, not one time, when we planted the church, we launched and we had an Easter service as a launch. And we had somebody who drove the trailer for us for our launch. And so we did the service. We're like, yeah, it was amazing. 60 people came, which when 15 people were coming and then 60 people came, I mean, you blew the roof off the thing in your mind, right? We we're meeting in a house. Now we're in like an Embassy Suites hotel. And we come out, we're packing up. We come out, and the trailer that we load everything is not there. And we're like, okay, can't get a hold of the guy, never heard from him again still to this day have not spoken to him. <laughs> no idea where he went. I know he's alive, I know he exists, never came. So I just looked at everyone who was still there, I was like, guess what you're the proud owner of now? A speaker in a sub, <laughs> like load this baby in, we're bringing it over to the church. And you know, it was it was hot, so we loaded. So we were just telling these stories and just remembering all the different things. You know, when we would meet in a park and you never know if it was gonna be 100 degrees or raining or raining and 100 degrees. And, and we were just, I don't know, it was fun to remember, but also just to remember all the things that God has done, right? As I'm sitting in, in expectation for the new, and sometimes the new feels really difficult because it's new. But I remember the old difficult, and I remember we were remembering what God had, had done and what God is doing, and we remembered how you know we we started in the little house with 15 people, and I remembered. Um, You know, just beginning to engage in community. I remember coming into a new space. I remember the day, you know, that that I I began as the lead pastor. I remember... How much money we had. I remember not having any staff. I remember all these things. I remember how we grew. I remember the faithfulness. I remember the very first week that we went out and loved the block. I remember that week I went out with my kids and we were just telling these stories together. And I think it's important because as I look back over the lives that have been changed and transformed over the past six years, it renews me. It does something powerful within me. Because I really believe that remembering the work of God does something powerful to inform our perspective. See, remembering isn't just about the past. It's not about living in the past. It's about how we operate in the present and how we hope for the future. See, when we remember what God has done, it gives us a present assurance and a future hope. And so today I want to look at Scripture from this perspective because I believe this is what's coming out of Joshua chapter 4 is the importance of remembering the faithfulness of God. If you have your Bible, just open up to Joshua chapter 4. Let's read together. The words will be on the screen. It says this. When all of the nation of Israel had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take 12 men from the people each Uh, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priests stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men of the people of Israel whom he'd appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you as a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign, somebody say sign, sign. among you, when the children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then, you'll, then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. It says verse 8. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up the 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel. Does it feel like they're trying to make that point yet? Yeah. According to the number of tribes. Just as the Lord told Joshua. It says, and they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged, and they laid them down there. Two weeks ago, Barry gave a a great message about crossing over. How many of you were here for that? You're thankful for Pastor Barry, amen? It was a great, great message. And it. Whether you were here or not, I think we just have to pause for a moment and remember, or for the first time, realize how meaningful this was to the people of Israel, this moment right here. Because these people who had crossed over the Jordan into the promised land had seen their parents pass away without ever entering into the land they were promised as judgment for their rebellion. So sure, the people missed it, but as children, they grew up knowing that their parents were never going to see what they had been promised because of their disobedience. And the parents had grown up knowing they would not see the promise, but that their kids potentially would. That would really put it on you as a parent. I'm going to make sure this kid knows. If you ever send spies out, only bring back a good report, (laughs) right? I'm going to make sure they know. This generation had seen Moses pass away without ever entering the land. Only Joshua and Caleb had they seen remain from the old group. And so now this generation was ready to cross over from the wilderness into the land that they were promised. And so the crossing of Jordan is not just getting across a river from a strategic point. The crossing of the Jordan is a symbolic moment in many ways from the old to the new. Are you with me? It's a crossing over from the wilderness into the promise. It's a crossing over from the wandering and a place of rebellion into a place of intimacy with God and peace with God. It's really crossing over into new life. It's crossing over into a hope of the promise. As as believers, We have the same journey. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you've chosen to follow him with your life, you too have crossed over from the old to the new life. That you've crossed over from the old life of wandering and wilderness and rebellion into the new life of promise, into the life of not only eternal promise of what's to come, but dwelling with the reality of the kingdom right now, also known as a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so after such a massively important event for the people of Israel, the Lord says to Joshua, you need to do something to remember. You need to do something specific so that you don't forget what I have done, that in this place will be marked forever so that you would remember. And so the Lord commands Joshua to build a monument. And it's highly symbolic, right? Symbolism helps us remember, right? Monuments, they're, they are physical, and the fact that they're set up in the physical realm, but they have to do with the spiritual, right? They have spiritual significance, the monument that's being built. And we are people who live in the physical, but we are spiritual, right? And so monuments carry a lot of crucial importance. If you've ever been to places where they've set up monuments, whether from a conflict or a war or a loss, they're really profound, and you have a really profound emotional experience. Some might, some people say, man, I even had a spiritual experience, because all of those things dwell within you, right? And when you go, I don't care what it is, you go see the Vietnam Memorial. How many of you have ever seen the Vietnam War Memorial? It's really powerful. It's like, it shines, and when you see it, you see yourself, and you see the names. It's it's incredibly powerful, But whatever the monument is, when a monument taps into something that has happened that is crucial, that is life changing, it's important because it reminds us. And so the commands that God gives, he says, 12 stones from 12 tribes, right? He makes that point like 8,000 times, right? Have everyone from every tribe and every tribe and everyone from every tribe, from every tribe, everyone for every tribe get a rock, And that's important because, and Barry touched on this, there were two tribes that didn't cross over. I mean, their men crossed over to go fight, but everybody else stayed back. And so what's going to happen in the future is the men are going to go back across, and there's going to be some conflict. They eventually go like, well, we feel really left out. And they were like, yeah, dummies, because you didn't cross over in the promised land. You are left out. I feel like I'm on the outside. Yep, you are. (laughs) He didn't cross over. So there's going to be a future conflict for the two tribes that don't cross. And so it was important that every tribe recognized, even though they've made different decisions after this moment, right? That's the whole book of Joshua, Judges. They made all kinds of decisions. But they needed to remember that we all crossed, that God brought all of his people into the promised land, and it says that they took the rocks from the middle of the Jordan. And I'm, and I'm guessing they didn't get like tiny river rock. I'm assuming, I'm not there, but if you're gonna build an altar, which is very likely was you know, shaped like, you gotta get something substantial, right? And if you're gonna carry it on your shoulder, you're not gonna carry a rock like this big on your shoulder. It could look like a dork. So I'm assuming it took a little oomph, you know, to get it up and, you know, 12 goods. And they're, they're round, right? If you ever crossed the river, there's not a lot of jagged edge rocks in river. They're round. They're smooth. So it was, it was very clear, like, these came from the middle of the Jordan. These came from a place where you could only get them if there was no water because you're not going to swim down and pick it up and swim out with it. It's too heavy. So, there was significance in what it was, and there's significance in that we know that they very likely, based on the other uh, monuments and altars that we see them build, built them up kind of like an altar would be, where they would stack these stones together, which was a very common practice for Israel when setting up a stone altar where they would give sacrifices to God. And what was an altar? An altar was a place of surrender, it was a place of worship, it was a place of recognizing God's presence. So this altar, this monument said, here's a place where God's moved. Here's a place where God was undeniably present. You still with me? Here's a place where God moved and all of the tribes made it across. And we cannot deny that something amazing has happened here. And we must remember it because it's gonna have significance. He says, you have, there's two reasons why I want you to set this up. He says, I want you to remember. Somebody say, remember. Remember. And I want you to testify. Somebody say, testify. I want you to remember, and I want you to testify. If you have your Bible, go back to verse 6. He said, that this may be a sign among you. Set it up so that you would remember God's faithfulness. And then in verse 7, he says, So that when your children ask, tell them. So not only set this up so that you remember God's faithfulness, but set this up so that when your children ask, you can tell them and you can testify to the future generations. Israel had a really common pattern. If you ever read the Old Testament, or maybe if you haven't, let me sum up the Old Testament uh, Exodus on. (laughs) You ready for this? This is the two-minute Bible. Israel suffers. Israel submits their hearts and turns from their evil ways. They cry out to God. God rescues them. They go, wow, God is great. And they draw near to God. God would exalt them under his name with his favor. And then when faced with the difficulty, they would forget his faithfulness and rebel against him. Or in their abundance, they would forget God and worship other things. And then God's favor would leave them. They would be given over to enemies or pestilence or suffering of some kind. They would submit their hearts. They would turn from their evil ways. They would cry out to God. God would rescue them. They would say, wow, God's amazing. And and so on and so forth, right? That's the pattern, right? That's the cycle of spiritual immaturity is simply like, hey, it's great. I think I'll just do whatever I want. Oh, no, I'm walking in rebellion against God. I feel terrible. I'm going to cry out to God. Wow, God is good. I'm going to walk close to God. Well, everything's great. Don't know if I need him. Ooh, I don't love that, right? That's called the wheel of spiritual maturity. And the wheel keeps on turning for some people. <laughs> now that song's going to be stuck in my head. <laughs> Time keep on rolling. Right, right. We'll sing it later. Go. But the Lord is commanding them, right? He's saying, let's not do that anymore, right? Let me send up to Joshua chapter four. Let's not do that anymore, guys. Remember, right? Remember what I have done. Church, remembering God's faithfulness is so important. In fact, I would go as far as to say it is a crucial element to our spiritual walk with Christ. And I know we're, like, we're in a Pentecostal tradition, and the Pentecostals are always looking forward. Like, what God's going to do, and what he's going to bring, and the breakthrough, and the revival that's going to come. And if you're like, really, Pentecostal, it's like, he's coming back tomorrow afternoon. Get it ready. Right? It's like, he is coming back. I don't, but you don't know when. And neither does that guy on YouTube. He's full of crap. Stop following him. Right? But we look a lot forward, and I think that's healthy. It's healthy to look forward. It's healthy to believe for great things. We believe for great things. How many of you are believing for great things in your life, in your family, in your future? Amen? That's good. But a key to how we look forward with hope is we remember the faithfulness of God. See, how we look forward to hope is not like just blind, exaggerated optimism. It's because we remember who God is. So I'm gonna give you three ways that I really believe remembering God's faithfulness blesses your life. I told them to make it extra cold here to keep every, all of us awake today. I've got my winter coat. None of these photos are gonna look like they were taken in summer. People are gonna stream this service. Be like, what month was that? But we're gonna make it. I'm gonna go quick, get you out of the ice box into the fire. Come on. <laughs> three ways remembering God's faithfulness blesses our life. Here's the first one. Remembering builds our faith. Let me say that again for everyone. Remembering builds our faith. Just pause for a second. If you can, if you need to close your eyes, you can. I know you can't fall asleep. It's too cold in here. You'll die. But just take a second, if you can, and just remember what God has done in your life. Maybe it's been a while since you remembered. Maybe it's been tough recently. You might even say like, I'm not really sure what, what God has done. How about salvation? Remember when you were far from God? Remember when you were lost in sin, but God, because he's rich in mercy, sent his son Jesus Christ to save you? Remember how he redeemed your life? And now that you've received salvation, remember when you were a slave to sin and God made you a son and daughter of him? When he brought you in a new life? a new hope and a new beginning, when he gave you mercy and grace and freedom, when he set his spirit upon you, remember? He set his spirit upon you and gave you power and authority. Remember how you just trusted the word of God? Remember how you just believed the Bible? And you read Acts and you were like, okay, I guess that's what the spirit does. I guess I'm just going to do that. And then like the people who had been Christian for a while were like, oh man, you're going to burn down all that. And you're like, never. But remember... God's saying, remember. One of my favorite moments in scripture comes after Israel is saved from Egypt and God is kind of building practices back into them through the covenant and he talks about the first fruits and he's encouraging them to bring the first fruits of whatever it is, their flock, the firstborn, whatever it is. And uh, he, he places this within covenant with him in this really cool moment in, in Exodus 13. He says, when, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites as he swore to your fathers, that's this moment right now. What we're reading in Joshua, that's the fulfillment of this. He says, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, that's where we are in Joshua. He says, as he swore to your fathers and shall give it to you, says, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. Every firstborn of a man your sons you shall redeem. And when in, and then verse 14, here's what it says, and when in time to come your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all of my firstborn sons I redeem. It shall be as a mark on your hand and the frontlets between your eyes, for by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. As a dad, I love this. God said, listen, I'm going to give you this practice because there's going to be a day where your son is going to say, like, why are we doing this? Why are you remembering? And I'm going to give you something to teach. As a parent, you're always trying to find ways to teach your kids deep principles with simple things, right? Because I'm like, I'm not going to be like, let's, let me really break down, you know, like, you know, the the deeper theology of this. And yet my kid is like, when are we playing baseball, right? But he asks questions, right? Kids are always constantly asking questions. My wife is laughing in the back. And so he's like, your son is going to ask you, like, why are you killing the best thing? (laughs) This is a terrible way to run a ranch. And he's saying, well, because this is how we remember and celebrate and recognize what God has done. We were once slaves, but God brought us out of slavery in a new life. And that, that's what God is doing here in Joshua. He's saying, remember what I have done for you, Israel. It's the foundation of your faith. Take these memorial stones and build a memorial that is built on faith and builds your faith. So when you look at them, your faith will grow. See, this is why remembering is so important. It's not that we live in the past, but it builds our faith. When we look at the memory, we remember, man, I was once a slave, but God rescued me and brought me into new life. And, and for everybody that's different, some people, you like to remember by collecting things. Where are my collectors at? You're like, big time, I like to collect things. Your spouse is like, we need to get rid of this room of stuff. You don't have to raise your hand that high. I saw you, it's all right. We'll intercede over your life. Some people collect things. Some people love photos. I I don't know how you remember things, but I love to write stuff down. Man, if you're someone who's struggling to remember what God has done, can I encourage you? Get a journal, write it down, put a date. You don't have to be a journaler. You don't have to be that gal I always see at the coffee shop who has like 18 journals and commentaries out, like 25 different pens and is drawing ornate pictures of the face of God. Just write on a piece of paper, today I prayed for this and God did it. July 16th, whatever it is, right? And then keep it. Because you know one of the best assurances is when you go back, you know what builds your faith and you read your own words testifying to you. Hey, me, remember when we were believing for this? Married people, or people, if, if you're about to get married and you're praying for a godly spouse, write that prayer down so in the future when you are married and you want to grumble about them and you're like, how are we going to get through it? You can go back and be like, hey, remember when this person was my miracle and now they're frustrating me? Lord, build my faith. <laughs> remember when I prayed for them? <laughs> now I'm really praying for them, but it's different. It feels different. I want to go back and I want to remember. Remember? Because it's going to build my faith. Hey, I, I go back and I, I pulled out all these journals. because We don't have offices right now. And I just have journals upon journals. And I was going through and I was like, I remember praying for this church. It's like, let it build our faith. I remember moving here with nothing and like six people. I remember that. And I remember, you know, not having a job, anything, and just moving here. And, and, and believing and trusting and hoping and going back and being like, man, that builds my faith. That builds my perspective. I want to encourage you. If you don't have a way, start there. Just write down the prayer. God, I'm praying and believing for this. And when he does something, write it down. God, thank you that you've done this. And then you put it away and you say thank you. And then in the future, when you're believing for something more, you go back and you say, look, God, what you've done. You're faithful then. You'll be faithful now. Build my faith. we got to have those monument moments. Because then our faith is built on the faithfulness of God, not just the fruitfulness of our present situation. See, oftentimes, if you're really fighting and believing for things in the kingdom, you're not going to see the fruit right away. And so, the fruit of what you're believing for has yet to come. And so, it can't be the validation of your hope. Your hope has to be built on the faithfulness of God. And we look back and we say, God, thank you that you're faithful. All right, second thing, you still with me? Remembering gives us assurance in present circumstances. Remembering gives us assurance in present circumstances. Verse six, he says, this is gonna be a sign among you. This is a sign to dwell in your midst, in your present, to be a constant reminder of God's present presence. Let's just be honest. It can be really easy to overlook God's faithfulness in busy lives. In our present circumstance, everything seems bigger than it does in the past. It's interesting working on this new building for Banner. Like we, we fully believe we're taking new territory. We're fully believing that we're going to see cities ignited. We transform lives. We fully believe it's going to be an epicenter for discipleship. But can I tell you, in that process, like we're fighting a spiritual battle. Like there have been ups and downs. There's been frustrating times. I'm still surprised my phone works. You know, you just want to be like, no. Then you just get rid of it. There's times where the present circumstances are rough. There's times you're thinking, man, the enemy is really working overtime. It was funny. I I, I left. Well, funny. Haha, funny. Uh, I left Monday and um, went home, and I I woke up that night just super, super ill. You know, when you're just both ends all night. You know what I'm talking about? That illness. And I was sick for two days. Got back on the horse, you know, felt felt better. I was still working, but got back to work. Got to go to my men's small group. I was feeling good. Had a good time with the guys in my men's small group. Drove home, truck dead. Had to tow it home. <laughs> and uh, I was just sitting there in the truck, kind of just cracking up. I'm like, okay, you know, this is, this is what it's going to be, Satan. And I don't know how you respond to the things of the world, uh, but that actually makes me more committed I'm like, well, you're not going to work double time, and I'm going to take the day off. I'm working double time, too. I was <laughs> like, well, we're definitely going to crush it in this building if you're going to make my life difficult. The best thing the enemy could have done was just make my life easy, <laughs> and I wouldn't be irate at him because he sucks. But it's interesting. I, I really believe you don't have to be a pastor to know that feeling, right? I mean, I know many of you, right, you've been at work, and you're just like, what is going on? Why is this week this way? Why are these people this way? Why is it going like this? I thought this was going to be a good gig. Why is this so tough? Why is this person mean-spirited? Why, you know, it, it may be in your home or in your life or in your career. Why isn't it going the way I thought? Or why isn't it happening the way that I feel like even God led me? I, I feel like God said, do whatever it is. You know, I feel like it's not going kind of like I expected it to go. You don't need to be a pastor to, to know that feeling, Right? Everybody knows that feeling. Heartbreak is I think it can begin to dominate our mindset. And I don't know about you, but for for me, what happens when that frustration begins to dominate my mindset, I get a little grumbly, right? I kind of get like Israel in the desert grumbly. Like, God, why is this going on? God, I know you'd call me to step out, but this is frustrating. I'm struggling. I'm afraid. I'm tired. And what can happen is often, stay with me here, Often, the earthly view of our present circumstances can overwhelm our kingdom perspective. We almost get into, and we don't have to raise hands on this, a perspective with the Lord of what have you done for me lately, God? Yes, I know I asked for this job, but when will you get me that raise? Yes, I know I wanted to step out. I came and did the thing at the front with Barry and we crossed over, but when will I see the fruit? Yes, I prayed for this marriage, but you didn't tell me it was going to be hard. With that perspective, it, it can be really hard not to grumble. So how do we get out of that rut in our present circumstances? So we have to remember God's faithfulness. We have to remember God's, when we're faced with the reality, we cannot lower our theology to meet our reality. We need to lift our eyes to a greater kingdom perspective. Hebrews thirteen six says, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? He says, remember your leaders who spoke to you the word of God consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hear me, church, if God was faithful then, he's gonna be faithful now. If God was faithful in that season, he'll be faithful in this one. If God called you, he'll equip you. If God saved you, he'll sustain you. If God brought you into this relationship and you're honoring God in the relationship, then trust that he can restore the relationship. If God called you to step out and you've chosen to walk in obedience, then trust that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's get really practical. Can we do that real quick? Two practical ways. First, how do we remember the faithfulness of God in the present? First is that we pray and meditate on his word. Psalm 77 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. The more we deepen our prayer life, the more that we spend time in the word, the more that the truth of God is imprinted on our present situation. That we might begin to have hope and have an assurance in all circumstances. If you want to be a bold Christian, if you want to face the things of life with a confidence and a hope and an assurance, be in the Word of God. Be in prayer. The second thing is cultivate gratitude. Somebody say gratitude. Gratitude is so key. Can I say in our everyday life, it can be so easy to overlook everyday blessing? Especially in this like overstimulated, (laughs) comparison-based information, social media culture. We're constantly seeing data, but we're rarely resting and analyzing anything. I think it can be easy to forget God's faithfulness, even in the small things. It can be easy to forget the beauty of the world that he's created. It can be easy to forget the joy of the people that he's brought into our life. It can be easy to forget the blessings that we have. And so I encourage people all the time, cultivate a habit of gratitude. If you're uh, one of the men that has done any kind of discipleship with me, I always encourage them, cultivate a habit of gratitude. And I recommend doing a gratitude list. Let me make it really simple. If you're like a very s- simple action item person, here it is. Every morning, for three to five minutes, write down all that you're grateful for. Every morning, for three to five minutes, write down what you're grateful for. Let me give you a couple. home job, air, coffee, sound of birds, friends, atonement, cool cars, right? I'm just like anything that comes to my mind. We have to teach our mind to be better at registering gratitude for anything. I was like, the sound of motorcycles, that's on there. You're like, that's not very spiritual. It is if it begins to move my my heart from a posture of, instead of grumbling, to gratitude, Right? thankful for my kids I'm thankful that they have that they can speak that they have great voices that they have curious minds versus when I'm going to bed I'm like if one of these kids asks me another question I'm burning this house to the ground I swear I'm moving to the woods no one's ever going to see me again just leaving a note that says I'm fine don't come for me right but in the morning, I'm like, I'm thankful for their minds. I'm thankful that God has given us curious minds, right? I'm thankful that we live in this country. I'm thankful, right, that we have access to data. Like, I'm thankful for God's presence. I'm thankful that, that, that I, ha- I have people around me who love me. I'm thankful that I might meet a new friend tomorrow, right? Begins to shift my perspective. And watch what will happen if you do this. You're like, that sounds so corny, Pastor. That sounds so cheap. But listen, as you begin to feel more grateful, even a small way, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it will begin to lift your head into a better posture of recognizing God's presence in your daily life. It will give you a greater assurance. We spend so much time head down in everything that's going wrong, we don't lift our head to see everything that God has done and blessed us with. Gratitude shifts us from what have you done for me lately, God, to thank you, God, for all that you do for me. And I'm gonna trust that you're gonna be faithful. Okay, third one, last one. You ready? Band, you guys can come up. Remembering gives us a hopeful testimony for the future. Go back with me to Joshua chapter 4. It says, then, says, when your children ask in a time to come, what do these stones mean? Verse 7, he says, "You you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the Lord, When it passed over the waters of Jordan, the waters were cut off. When your kids ask, meaning in the future, God knows, he says, man, there's going to be a lot of battles between now and then. There's going to be a lot of conflict. There's going to be a lot of things that happen. But amidst the battle, don't forget the faithfulness of God. Church, I don't feel like I even need to say this, but it helps move the, the sermon along. Life is filled with uncertainties. Right, Like, I don't know if I've ever said anything that we could all agree on, but that we should be able to agree on. Life is full and filled with uncertainties. So how do we face those? Isaiah 26, the prophet says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Someone needs to hear that again this morning. You keep him. Isaiah 26, 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, right? The person whose mind is secure in you, whose mind is on you, who trusts in you, Lord, you keep him in perfect peace. See, hope for the future begins by trusting in God's faithfulness. We surrender our worries, we surrender our fears, we surrender our uncertainties completely to God, and then we trust that he's been faithful and he will be faithful. Bruce 10:23 says, "'Let us hold fast the confession of our hope "'without wavering, for he who promised is faithful.'" This was me this week, I was going back to my own sermon. I preached this sermon to myself four times this week when I wanted to be furious and throw my phone and be like, what are we doing? He's like, no, 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 if I've been faithful enough, I've called you, I, I didn't stop being faithful just because you can't see the fruit. But here's the really encouraging part. I want to give you an encouragement that, that not only can you find hope when you remember the faithfulness of God, you also become a blessing to others when you testify to the faithfulness of God. When I did youth ministry, we'd always do testimonies. We did a ministry tour, and we'd travel all around. And we had a certain kind of testimony we called the laundry list, which was like every fifth grader trying to prove they had street cred. They're like, in third grade, I did this, and I stole some gum. And then in fourth grade, I did this, right? Some of them were heavy. They were like, fifth grade, I did heroin, right? It was crazy. But we would tell these kids, like, listen, what... Uh, What you've walked through is a part of your testimony, but the testimony is is testifying to what God has done. It's not about you being perfect. It's not about you having it all figured out. A testimony is not a list of how wrong you are, but how good God is. We just begin to testify to what God has done. Just like Israel, I was a slave to sin, but God rescued me and I'll follow him with my life. I've been changed. That's why I love remembering God's faithfulness because it brings back these memories of how passionate we were when God saved us. And man, when you're passionate about something, other people catch that, right? It's hard to sell something you're not passionate on. It's hard to give something away you don't care about. But when you share something that has changed you, it changes others. Let me give you a great testimony you might not even know you have. Here it is, ready? I have no idea what the future brings, but I'm trusting in God and following Him. And I have hope for the future because I know the faithfulness of the God who's with me. You might not even know you have that testimony right now. You're like, well, I don't have this figured out in my life. I don't have this sorted. No, 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 here's your testimony. God has saved me and he's with me, and I have no idea what the future brings, but I'm trusting in God, and I'm following him, and that's why I have hope for the future, because I know the faithfulness of the one who's present with me. Church, that's a testimony. Remember, remember God's faithfulness. As believers, we have two really clear monuments. We call them sacraments. It's baptism and communion. Baptism, like crossing the Jordan, is a moment where we're lowered into water to symbolize dying to our old self, and we're raised again to new life, right? We're raised up out of water, out of this symbol of death into the symbol of life, to be raised up into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a powerful moment of celebrating that the old is gone, the new has come. And I encourage you, if you have never been baptized, please come talk to me or Barry or mark it on your connection card. You need to be baptized, not because you're not getting into heaven without it, but because that monument for you is so important. So when the enemy comes and says, no, 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 you're your old self, you're like, no, 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 I buried him. I buried her in that water. And I, this is a new person. This is a new life. Some of you, are like, you've been stealing that from you. you. You want that testimony. So if you've not done that, or if, man, it's been a while, and you're like, I wouldn't mind leaving that behind again. Just come tell me. I'll dunk you six times on the same day. It's fine. A baptism. But the other one, I, I believe, is I think one of the most important ones. It was given by Jesus Christ on the night he was betrayed is communion. And in just a moment, in just a moment, I'll have you stand. We'll do communion. But just stay where you are for a second. Communion is so important because it allows us to do everything I just said. It allows us to look back, to build our faith, to remember what Jesus Christ has done, that Jesus Christ took the sin of the world, you and I sin, upon the cross, that he was beaten, that his body was broken, thus it symbolized the bread, that his blood was shed, thus it symbolized the cup, for us, for you and I, so that we might Be free of the wrath of our sin. But it also allows us to have a present assurance that he was faithful then and he's faithful now and that his presence is with us and that we operate and live with his presence and that we can have hope and peace now, right now, whatever you're facing, whatever situation you're in, you can have peace right here and right now. And it gives us a future hope because we look forward to not only the return of Jesus, but knowing that as we walk out this life and this relationship with him, that his presence has been, is, and will be with us. So you can face tomorrow and all the uncertainties, whether it be your job or your life or your family, your kids, whatever it might be, your finances, you can walk with the certainty of Jesus Christ because he was with you, he is with you, and he will be with you. And when we receive communion, we remember that together. So let's do that today. Would you stand with me? I'm gonna invite our team. Would you come up and would you begin to pass out communion? And I'm just gonna do this. As they're handing out the cup, just take it and hold it in your hand and begin to reflect. The worship team's just gonna sing this, we are hungry, we're hungry for more of you and as they as you take this just hold it in your hand don't we'll receive it together and just begin to worship him to say thank you maybe right now you just need to build your faith and you're just going to say lord but you begin to remind me of how you've moved maybe you need him to just stir your heart Maybe right now you're just facing some things in the present. You need his presence right now. You just begin to pray. Wherever you are, as you hold that element in your hand, before you receive it together, you're just going to hold it and say, God, your presence right now, a present assurance. God, remind me. Stir in my heart. Help me to remember that you're with me right now. I receive the peace that comes from you. Maybe some of you are facing the future. You're uncertain. But right now, in this moment, you're just going to say, God, I receive the hope that comes through you. Just take this time. Hold it in your hand. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We
0: are thirsty.
1: your hands, even right now, I just pray a remembrance over your heart right now. For those of you who just need your faith built right now, you're you're struggling, you're wrestling, I pray right now by the Holy Spirit that you would begin to to grasp and begin to understand just the depths and the riches of God's love for you as displayed on the cross. That as you hold this element of, of the bread that represents his body that was broken for you and the cup which represents his blood that was shed, you would remember his great love for you, that you would remember his great mercy for you, that you would remember that he has not left you or forsaken you. And I pray for you right now who just need a present assurance that God is with you. I pray right now as you hold these elements that you would know in your heart that you would receive the truth of God in your spirit, that he who conquered the death and the grave, that he who conquered hell is present with you, that his spirit is upon you, that there is nothing that can separate you. As the word says, nothing that can separate you from the love of God, that he is faithful there and he is faithful now. Right now, whatever you're facing, whatever you're uncertain with, that he is faithful now. And for those here who are looking to the future, maybe discouraged, uncertain, or maybe even afraid, I just pray right now a renewed spirit upon you that the God who is with you now, who's present right now, I hope you just know the Lord is here. Is the Lord here right now, church? that his presence is here, that his presence goes with you, that his presence goes with you. And he says, remember, remember what I have done for you. Remember my presence with you. Remember my love for you. Remember my salvation for you. Remember that I will never leave you or forsake you. I don't know what situation you're in, but the Lord does. And he says, remember, remember, remember. take these in your hand. We're gonna receive together. And after we do, I'm just gonna invite you to respond in a way that you feel is appropriate according to what God is doing in your life. Maybe you need to come up at the altar and lay some things down. Or you just need to come and kneel down and invite him to stir your heart. Maybe I'm gonna invite our prayer team to stand where they normally stand once we're done receiving communion. Maybe you just need prayer today. Maybe you need to lift your hands and worship when the band leads us in just a moment. Whatever it is, we're just going to respond to what the Lord is doing, each one of us. And I encourage you to press into that. But let's receive together today, the Lord, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. Jesus, we remember that you went to the cross for us, that you took the brokenness the beating the scourge upon yourself and we say thank you god we remember together as the body of christ as receive the bread today we take the cup in our hands Jesus said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. It's poured out for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. In fact, he said, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's not just about now, Jesus. It's about the future, that we have a hope. And so God, I pray right now before we receive this cup that symbolizes your blood that was shed to give us hope, that through you there's hope for every future and healing for every past, we thank you. There's a hope here. So I pray, God, for every heart that has struggled to hope, struggle to hope for themselves or or their future or their family God I pray right now that they would receive the hope that comes supernaturally by the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ and we say thank you for your blood that was shed as we receive this sacrament, this monument in remembrance God I pray you would stir hope God we hunger for more of you and we're thankful for you Jesus and we bring our worship before you and we say thank you Let's receive of the cup together and invite you to respond and worship right now.
0: Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.